The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. How many of you seen that movie, Hitch? Raise your hand. Okay, kind of a, a classic movie on dating and the single life. Um, great chick flick, uh, great date night movie. Um, we're in this series uh, uh, at the movies, uh, Chick Flicks and Date Nights. If you're new today, you're going, what in the world are they doing? Uh, where we basically are using uh, movies as a hook uh, to talk about spiritual truth. And for this series, this year, uh, we decided to do uh, Chick Flicks and Date Nights and talk about relationships. And as I said, that's a great, uh, a great movie on dating uh, and the single life. Uh, so are you ready for this? Guess what? Uh, Jesus was single. Do you ever think about that? Uh, Jesus was a single man. Uh, and contrary to the Da Vinci Code, remember that book and that movie, uh, Jesus never married and he did not have a love child, okay? Uh, he was single. So if you're single today, you are in great company. You probably never thought about that. Uh, Jesus understands your circumstances, he understands uh, your temptations, your frustrations. Now, speaking of being single, which is, is what I want us to talk about today, but I know there's a lot of married people here today, myself included, uh, but I promise you, do not check out, because if you are married, uh, you need this message too. There's going to be something for you this week as well, just like there is for everybody uh, every week. But speaking of being single, okay, here's what we're going to do this morning. Raise your hand if you are single. Go ahead. You don't have a disease or anything. Raise it, hold it, oh, raise it high. Hold it up in the air just for a second. Don't be shy. Okay. So there you go. That was Pastor Chris trying to help you out a little bit, okay? So for those of you who did not look around and check out the other single people in the room, that's why you're single, Okay. Actually, I had the uh, single ladies, uh, uh, we have a group this summer called All the Single Ladies, and they came over to my house last week uh, for a cookout, and uh, they actually, I told them I was going to be preaching this message today, they actually wanted me to, to march all the single men up here on the stage. So right now, if you're, no, I'm just teasing, we're not going to do that. I know some of them they're all excited. Um, okay. But here's what I want us to talk about honestly today. Uh, being single and being content, uh, being satisfied. How in the world is it possible for a single adult, uh, whether you are a student uh, or never been married or maybe once married but now widowed or divorced, how does a single adult in 2017 live a life worthy of your calling as a follower of Jesus? in a sex-crazed, sex-saturated world. Um, is it even possible? I think it is. Uh, in fact, I know it is. And I wanna give you some principles today that apply and are gonna help you to do that. But a lot of this applies to all of us this morning. Principle number one, be happy. <laughs> be happy. Now, that sounds kinda of like a strange place to start. Uh, but, but let me explain. Stop worrying and focusing on your circumstances. 
You know, don't give in to depression, don't give in to self-pity, don't allow resentment and bitterness to creep in. And whatever you do, stop listening to what the world says. Uh, The world basically says this to single adults. If you're single, something's wrong with you. (laughs) You know, you need to find a man. You need to find a woman to be happy to complete you. Um, the world is a liar. You know, that, that type of thinking is not only going to make you miserable, but it will lead you to do some things and accept some things and overlook some things that you would never do otherwise. But now you're so desperate. You know, there's only one person that ultimately is going to make you happy and complete you, and that's having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, be desperate for him. Long to please him. I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but the Bible actually says that it is legitimate to be both married and legitimate to be single. There are benefits to both. Uh, There are responsibilities to both. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who was single, uh, in Philippians 4, 11 and 13, he said, I've learned to be content, whatever whatever the circumstances. Uh, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Uh, Paul, again, single, said, I've learned to be content. Now, none of us are naturally content, are we? It is something that we have to learn. So what does it mean to be content and to be single? Let me, let me tell you what it doesn't mean, okay? It doesn't mean, well, I like everything the way it is, when in your heart and your mind you really don't. You know, it, it's not saying, uh, I don't hope anything will ever change. I, I want to stay this way for the rest of my life. I have no desires, no longings. That's not contentment. Contentment is saying this. I'm not waiting for my circumstances to change in order to be happy. That's contentment. Why? Because happiness is always a choice. It's a choice. You are as happy as you choose to be. Your happiness, no matter your circumstance, is not dependent. It's not based on your circumstance. It's truthfully based on your own attitude, your mindset. You know, I could take two people and put them in the exact same situation. One of them is happy and one of them is miserable. Why? Because happiness is a choice. If you are unhappy, you are choosing to be unhappy. You can control your attitude. You can control your mindset. You cannot always control the circumstances of your life. But you can control how you respond to them. Listen, that right there, that is the first step to building a solid life as a single adult. But it is also the first step in building a solid life as a human being. Okay, period. Single, married, divorced, widowed, children, no children. Happiness is a choice. Now, I have noticed that a lot of single adults sometimes have a tendency to live, you might call them temporary lifestyles, okay? Let me explain. It's as though their life is on hold, always on hold, and they never make any long-range plans because they're waiting for the big event. Listen, God doesn't want you to live like that. In fact, God had to talk to the children of Israel one time in the Old Testament about that very, that very mindset one time. The, the whole nation of Israel had been taken captive 
and they were moved to Babylon and enslaved. And the people thought, you know, well, it's only going to be a matter of months, maybe, you know, like a year or two at the most. So let's not put down any roots. You know, let's not settle down. And they kind of began to live in this uh, temporary limbo uh, kind of situation and just always hoping that things were going to change. And uh, God had to have a talk with them. Through the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 28, he said, he sent this message to us in Babylon. It's gonna be a long time. Therefore, build houses, settle down, plant gardens. You know what God had to, had to tell the children of Israel? Basically, hey, stop moaning, stop moping, stop putting your life on hold, and start living. And I think sometimes God would say the same thing to you as a single adult. He would say, get on with life. You know, some people think, well, you know, my life is going to begin the day I meet Mr. Right or Miss Right and, and uh, get married. And, and I meet a lot of people who are always getting ready to start living. And, and, and they fall into this, you know, when and then thinking, that the trap of when and then thinking. You know, when I graduate, then I will be happy. When I meet someone, then I'll be happy. When we get married, then I'll be happy. When we have kids, then we'll be happy. Uh, when our kids leave home, then we'll be happy. You know, when I reach a certain level at my job, when my you know, income is so-and-so, then I'll be happy. Listen, no, you won't. No, you will not. You are as happy as you choose to be. If you're not happy now, you're not gonna be happy then. And a lot of people are just choosing to be miserable. Make the most of wherever you are, whatever your circumstances are. Now, you might not like it, it might not be ideal, but it is where you are. Make the best of it. Choose to be happy because you know what? Life is going on. You know, don't keep waiting for some event to change it all. That's true of everybody, no matter your circumstance. You know, enjoy today. Live life to the fullest today. Be happy now. And by the way, single adults, happy people are the most attractive people. Okay? So number one, be happy. Number two, be obedient. Be obedient. I want to talk about your standards and your sexuality. Okay? Be obedient. Your standards and your sexuality. Let's talk about dating standards first. Although the Bible doesn't specifically use the term dating. The Bible does share with us some very important principles about what to look for in a potential spouse. Uh, and we need to know this and apply this if we want to receive God's very best for our relationship. So here is God's basic biblical standard for dating. Write this down, okay? Only date if you are spiritually compatible. Only date if you are spiritually compatible. Now, what in the world am I talking about? What does that mean? It means very simply that believers should only date other believers. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, do not team up with those who are unbelievers. How can goodness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Now, I'll admit this is kind of a difficult passage to think about, but I want us to think about this passage in a little bit different way. Because when God talks about believers only dating other believers, he's not saying that to be harsh. He's not doing that to make you miserable. He, he's doing it because 
He wants the absolute best for you. Now, the Bible is clear. Uh, An experience shows us that if two people get married who do not share a common faith, they're likely going to be in conflict with one another throughout their relationship, throughout their marriage. Because here's what's going to happen. If you are a follower of Jesus, okay, you know that God calls you to put him first in every area of your life. And so God's will and his plan becomes your number one priority and how you manage your finances and how you raise your children and how you spend your time and how you treat other people and even in your marriage. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're married to somebody who is, those priorities are not gonna make a whole lot of sense. There's gonna be confusion. There's gonna be conflict. Now, let me talk to you as a pastor for just a moment because some of you, I know this is really, really tough. You may be in a dating relationship right now with somebody who is not a believer. But if you're a believer, listen, you don't wanna end up in a marriage with with a spouse who's not gonna pray with you. With a spouse who won't worship with you with a spouse who won't raise your children to know Jesus and and that be a priority, With with a husband or a wife who won't support you spiritually, with a husband or wife who doesn't see God's word as the blueprint for every area of life. So as we begin today, I wanna challenge you. Listen, set your standards according to God's word. Remember, we began this whole series on relationships by holding up the word of God and saying, you know what, like it or not, this is our standard. This is our standard for life. You can either choose to stand over it, to stand above it, as you're the one who's in authority, or you stand humbly underneath it and submit to it. And so I challenge you to make it a priority to only date if there is a match of faith. Now, obviously, just because somebody claims to be a believer, that doesn't necessarily mean they're the right person for you to be dating either. There's a lot of people out there who claim to be Christians uh, just to get what they want, right? Or maybe their understanding of what a believer is and your understanding of what a follower of Jesus is are two totally different things. Let me ask you, it's important to understand, do you share the same intensity of belief? In fact, listen to 1 Corinthians 5.11. Listen to this. What I meant, and he's like clarifying here, was that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a Christian and yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols. In other words, that something else or someone else is first in their life other than God or is abusive physically, verbally, is a drunkard, is a swindler, is a liar, a cheater. He says, don't even eat with such people. In other words, don't even go out on a what? A date with them. Now, what do you do if you are a believer and you're married to a spouse who's not a believer? Maybe one of you were believers when you got married and one wasn't, or maybe neither one of you were believers but one of you has since become one. That's very, very common. You know what the answer is? 
Be faithful. Be loving. Be prayerful. But whatever you do, don't nag and don't be preachy. In fact, the Bible addresses this very thing. In fact, speaking to wives who find themselves in this situation, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3 said this, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husband, even those who refuse to accept the good news. In other words, what he was saying was that even if your spouse isn't a believer, you can still honor one another. You can still mutually submit to one another. Now listen to this. Your godly lives will speak to them better than any words. They will be won over by watching your pure godly behavior. Be faithful, be loving, be prayerful. So, that's the standard for dating. You know, believers dating believers. Now, let's talk about being obedient with your sexuality. When it comes to sex as a single adult, you only got two choices, okay? You can either listen to your creator or you can listen to the culture. You can listen to the word of God or you can listen to the world. So what does the word of God say about sex? First Thessalonians chapter four, listen to this. God wants you to be holy. So you should keep clear of all sexual sin. Then each of you will control your body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion as the pagans do, in their ignorance of God and his ways. So God's standard is clear. You know, there, there are no 50 shades of gray in this whatsoever, okay? Sex and all sexual activity is reserved for marriage and marriage alone. In fact, next week, we're gonna talk a little bit more about sex. But let's address it here just for a moment. God designed sex for a husband and a wife, a man and a woman married who have made a lifetime commitment. God created sex to, to bring a husband and wife together physically, emotionally, spiritually. It is in that boundary that God says sex is beautiful, sex is awesome. Any sexual activity outside that one boundary is always wrong. I don't care what anybody else says about it. I don't care how right it feels. The God who made you, the creator of the world says it's wrong. And I wanna be really clear about this because there, there's some confusion today, I think, I guess, about what constitutes sex. Let me ask you a question. Can you be sexually promiscuous and not have intercourse? Okay, this is biology 101. It's not a trick question. Okay, yes, you can. Of course you can. People do it all the time. You know, I, I've met some Christians, you know, men and women who are doing everything sexually short of intercourse. And they think they're okay. Man, you're kidding yourself. You know, there's so many aspects of a sexual relationship. And God says that is reserved for a husband and a wife. You say, but we love each other. You know, we are committed to each other. Then get married. You know, real simple. The Bible says that if you can't control your passion, marry that person you say you love or change your behavior. Otherwise, you're just using each other. 
And if you're a single adult and you're sexually active, you're basically thumbing your nose at God, saying, God, I know what you say. I know what your word says, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I think I know better than you do. Why does God do this? Why does God put boundaries on our sexuality, you know? Is he just trying to make you miserable? You know, is God some cosmic killjoy that gives all of us this powerful desire and then he says, don't use it? Is he just trying to frustrate you? No. God always gives us boundaries for our benefit, our protection. You know, fire is great in a fireplace, but fire in the wrong place can burn your house down. You say, well, how? How, Pastor? How does it protect me if I remain sexually pure? It protects you from frustration, from hurt feelings, from guilt, uh, from uh, disease. Listen, every time, in no matter what area of life, if you disobey God, you are the one who pays for it. You're the one who gets hurt. It hurts emotionally, physically, spiritually. You know, one of the keys to purity is to surround yourself with other people who hold that same standard, who can support you, you know, as you try to do the right thing. One of the ways that you can do that is just to be up front, you know, on the front end about your commitment to God's standard. You say, Pastor Chris, if I do that, I will never get a date. It really boils down to this. Do you trust God? You know, do you trust God to know what'll make you happy more than what you think will make you happy? Man, this is a major struggle for, for Christian single adults today. We're not talking about some minor issue here. But the reward for purity is enormous. 2 Timothy 2, 21, listen to this. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil that God can use for his purpose. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. In other words, if you will say, God, from this day forward, you know, regardless of my past, regardless of the mistakes that I've made, you know, I want to adopt your standards of purity. If you'll do that, it says that God will be able to use you and fulfill his purposes in your life. On the other hand, when we choose to ignore and violate his principles, you short-circuit God's blessing and God's purposes in your life. You really only have you know, two choices. Do you want temporary pleasure, that's one, or do you want the eternal purposes of God? That's the choice you, you, we all have to make. And when you follow his principles and you go his way, Man, you become an instrument in the hand of God. You, you become holy and, and be, you know, you, you're able to be used by him. Nothing, nothing in this world, not even sex, is worth that. So, be happy, be obedient, and number three, be relational. Be relational. You know, being single might be unavoidable, or, uh, but being lonely is always optional. I don't think God likes loneliness. In fact, it's the very first thing that he said wasn't good. You know, remember when he put uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden in a perfect environment, said everything was good except for one thing. 
Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be what? Alone. You know, the fact is, as human beings, we need each other. We were created for relationships. And as a single adult, you know, you're no different. You need loving relationships, you know, whether you marry or not. You need love, you need loyalty, you need fun and laughter and learning. And all those things happen in the the context of community, of relationships. And if you never develop any meaningful, loving relationships where you have people in your life that can speak the truth to you, that can confront you lovingly, that can share with you, help you, then you know what you're doing? You are minimizing the character development in your life. And you're going to become a a fairly selfish person. There are things in our lives that can only be removed as we do life and and have relationships with other people. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, in other words, now that you're following God's standard, you can have true love for your Christian brothers and sisters. So love each other deeply with all your heart. You need to be loved deeply. You need others to love you deeply. And the best place for us to experience that is life in the church. You know, an even better place to experience that in the church family is in a life group or on a life team. You know, in other words, in a small group or or on a ministry, you're not gonna find those types of relationships that you need in a bar. You know, the, the best place to find that is in the context of doing life with other people who are growing in their faith. Get to know other people and build those relationships because you gotta have them. Be happy, be obedient, be relational, and number four, I think God would wanna say, be free. Be free. You know, make the most of your circumstance right now by serving God's purposes in your life. You know, when you get a moment, you ought to go and read the second half of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter seven. It's kind of a classic passage in the Bible uh, on being single. Uh, Paul is a single adult and he's given some good advice there and he says basically three times in that passage that when it comes to being single and serving God, single adults actually have an advantage over being married. He says that there's, there's less distractions. He actually says that you're in a superior position to serving God's purposes in the world. Look at verses 32 through 34 of that passage. He says, when you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend on becoming whole and holy instruments of God. Basically, you know what Paul's saying? He's saying there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off between marriage and and being single. There's benefits to both, and there's restrictions and responsibilities to both. Now, what's the trade-off? Well, one obvious trade-off is is that if you're married, the Bible says, yes, you're free to have sex with your husband, with your wife. On the other hand, he says, There are major responsibilities and major restrictions that come along with that benefit. If you're married, you can't just stay out as long as you want to. You know, you you can't just come and go whenever you want to come and go. You can't just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you're married, at least not and stay married, right? Or stay happily married. On the other hand, 
as a single adult, yes, you are prohibited from a sexual relationship with somebody, but there are enormous freedoms. You, you know what I find today is so interesting? I find married people who want to act like single adults, and I find single adults who want to act like married people. They want the sex of marriage, but they, don't, but they want the lifestyle of being single. You know, they want to do their own thing in their own way with no restrictions. They, they, they don't want to act like they, they have any responsibilities. And one of the reasons why I think there's so many divorces today is because people marry for the sex part, but they don't bargain for the responsibility part. Galatians 5.13, listen to this. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Listen, if you're single, don't use your singleness for selfishness. He says, use it for service. Paul says, if you're single, make the most of that. Make the most of your freedom right here and right now by serving other people. Use your time, use your energy for the kingdom of God. You got a choice. Are you gonna listen to your creator or are you gonna listen to the culture? I'm gonna ask you to do something kind of hard. I'm gonna ask you to do the right thing. You know, will, will you make a commitment to these four principles for healthy, holy, and godly living? If you're single, stop living in limbo. Truthfully, whether you're, you're married or single, and, and you know, start saying, you know what, I'm gonna choose to be happy now. I'm gonna focus on God's plan for my life, not my problems. Be happy. From this day forward, say this. I'm gonna live a sexually pure life, which means no sex, no sexual activity outside of marriage. Make the decision today to develop godly, healthy relationships that help you grow, that, that encourage you. And finally, use your freedom to serve God by serving others. That's the key. That's the commitment it takes to live for God, whether you're single or married. I wanna pray uh, today for the relationships represented in this room, and I do wanna pray today specifically for the single adults here. You know, maybe um, you're here today and you have yet to place your faith in Christ. You know, the truth is, we've all made mistakes relationally. We've all made mistakes when it comes to the word of God. In fact, the one thing the word of God is good for for all of us is pointing out just how, fall, how far we fall short. That we are all sinners in need of a savior. That we need forgiveness, we need help, and we need hope. And it is found ultimately, no matter your situation, in a personal relationship with God. Listen, he doesn't wanna zap you, he wants to love you. He doesn't wanna push you away, he wants to welcome you home. And you can come home today, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And he provided the way through his son Jesus. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the world. 
And he's waiting on you to simply say yes to him, to put your faith in him, to tell him you believe that Jesus really is his son and that his way works if you'll follow him, if you'll give him your life and give him your heart. And you can do that today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, today, God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for... um, Lord, I thank you for all the single adults that we have here at Coastal. God, I thank you for those that um, have chosen to follow you and to live for you. And uh, it's difficult. It's hard out there. Um, I pray today, God, that they would be reminded that happiness really is a choice. They don't have to wait for uh, you know, a big event or something to change before they can choose to be satisfied and content. And Father, I pray that, I pray for their willingness to be obedient and their desire to follow you and to follow your word, to your standards, to your, what you say about sexuality. Um, and Father, I pray that they would develop healthy, God-honoring relationships with other people, with other single adults, with, with people who are married, with anyone and everyone that would follow you and follow your way and your word. We need that. We need each other, no matter of our circumstances in life. And Father, I pray that they would use their freedom right now to serve you by serving others. And listen, if you're here today and you've made any mistakes in relationships, we all have in some way or another. Listen, God loves you. And he simply wants you to come home. And today is a new day. Open up your heart and your life to him. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've never become a follower of Christ. You can do that now. Listen, you don't need a, um, you know, you don't need to try to improve yourself or pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a better person. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. You need a savior. You need a new life. You need a resurrection. And one has been provided, Jesus. Pour out your heart to him right here and right now and say, God, I believe. I do believe. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe you sent him to this earth to die on the cross for me and my sin. I believe that death could not contain him and he rose from the dead. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in history. They turned the world upside down because of that truth. It has changed the world. Today, God, I believe as much as I understand, as much as I know how, I believe that. I put my trust in him and him alone and what he did for me. And for the rest of my days, God, I want to become more and more like you see me. And I believe you actually give me the, the desire and the power to accomplish that. And I choose to cooperate with you and your Holy Spirit and follow you for the rest of my days because your way works. It is the abundant life here on this earth and it is eternal life in the life to come. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We love you and I pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org.
from Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.